Just make sidewalk chicken. Just throw on the sidewalk. Remember that time Jim made a sidewalk microwave cleaning? Yeah, that was funny. That was great. That was the only fucking solution to that problem. Okay. (laughs) Did you want to clean up the inside of that thing? Because I fucking didn't. No. I would just throw it away. Yeah, I would have thrown it away. It's a perfectly good microwave, fuckers. (laughs) Oh my god. (laughs) Covered in black mold. (laughs) No, it wasn't. I had ants eat all that. Oh and corpses. <laughs> okay. Formic acid is okay. the greatest spice known to man. Now that we have stingers for like three weeks. <laughs> <laughs> are, you, are, you, are you ready? Funny. Expensive. Wanna Whatever. Be happy. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to The Funny Papers, a show where three 30-somethings share a collective psychosis about the classic 90s cartoon show, Doug. I'm Mike, and with me are my friends Sam. Day 20 of quarantine, I've shit myself, everything else is normal. <laughs> and that too. And Jim. Jacking on to jack off. God, just fucking give it a minute. <laughs> <laughs> and joining us today once again back again our good friend brock from the podcast damage bruce welcome brock how you doing i stopped using toilet paper since i got a nematode i'm nice and clean <laughs> great <laughs> good 3v1 <Awesome. laughs> 3v1 <laughs> Some the audience please back me up here <laughs> Brock, uh, thanks for joining us again. Uh, how are you feeling since last week? Since uh, you were on last week, have you have you learned anything else? Has your brain expanded? Do you feel smarter? Well, I, I think I have a story real quick to kind of back up uh, my claim. Last episode where I said I would not let my kids watch this show. Um, Great, get into it. <laughs> so the first time I watched this episode... I was doing laundry in our living room, and the kids, you know, running around the house playing with each other, whatever. And one of my youngest walks in and goes, Daddy, what are you watching? And I had this instinctual, physical reaction to cover up the TV. Like, I don't know. Don't watch. Uh, like, like they walked in on me watching porn. And like, this isn't a bit. That is truly my instinct was to physically block him from the TV. Yes. I swear. It's weird pornography. <laughs> yeah. And I, you know, I ended up pausing it because I'm like, do I, and I, I, I wasn't sure if I should let him watch it because it, it, it sucks. Look, and it the 1990s were a terrible time, kids. Like they know, yeah. they know. Daddy's jaded. I don't want them to be like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is like okay, dear viewer. This is like incredibly valuable insight that Brock is bringing here because Brock is a father, and this is a show that is about like it, it's for kids, right? Like that's the point of it. It's right. like to show. And an kids awful morals. lot of this episode is Jim Jenkins working out his anxieties about oh god, I'm making stuff for kids. Dude, I holy shit, this episode, I have to say, is like, to me, is one of the, like, most morally repugnant episodes that, is, that I've seen so far. Like, I watched this episode last night at, like, 3 in the morning, and it was so bad that it inspired me to make a goddamn meme. Like, that should tell you how fucked up this episode <laughs> was. But even, even beyond, like, the moral failings of this episode, it falls apart under just the slightest bit of scrutiny. Like, it's not even <laughs> it's if you think ex- about it, it falls apart. It just falls apart if you shut your entire brain off. Okay, okay, hold up. Before we explain why, we should actually introduce the goddamn episode and say the title of it, <laughs> like we usually do. Okay, too excited, too the... folked. Sorry, I know, right? I okay, got you real quick, real quick. No, no, no. That was like we needed that immediately. <laughs> but real quick, today we are covering episode fifteen, part two of Doug. In all episodes after the first, Doug was separated into two twelve-minute shorts, and episode fifteen. Part two's title is Doug versus the Clotzoid Zombies. All right, go back in. What, go back in, Sam, about how it like falls apart immediately. No, because like it doesn't even make sense. It, the characters don't behave as the characters normally do, and it like throws the entire like Roger versus Doug dynamic under the bus. So just yeah. really quick, we should spoil that what this episode is, so we can just like talk about the entire time. No suspense here. Well, we're gonna. Sure. What happens is. Everybody starts hanging out with Roger, and Doug's like, 
huh, why is everybody hanging out with Roger? And then he goes to Roger, after having a lengthy Quail Man fantasy, he goes to <laughs> Roger's house, and Roger has thrown a one-year anniversary surprise party for him. <laughs> it, it, there's, it can't have been a totally year yet. You, he's yeah. still in the same grade. Yeah. <laughs> and like if, you, time... if your bully is throwing you a surprise party, he's not your bully anymore. <laughs> Like, this episode occurs, like, outside of time for both of those reasons. And who would throw a party about your one-year anniversary of moving somewhere? Like, his birthday, okay, but... uh, And then you don't invite him, you just trust that he's anxious, he'll wander over your house. What was the plan? Any normal person would have just been like, well, I guess my friends are hanging out with other friends, and then just sat at your house. But they trust that Doug is enough of a fucking asshole that he'll go to yell at Roger about that he took his friends or something, that they were his property, right? It's, God, like, okay, we have to frame this That alone, that alone would be weird and fucked up. But just wait for it, dear viewer, there is more to see. Yeah, like, okay, we have to frame this entire fucking episode. Like, I'm glad that you spoiled that out the gate, Sam, because we have to frame this entire fucking episode in that Doug is a goddamn asshole. <laughs> and like, God's a damn goddamn asshole, and he doesn't, like, if you're going in to impart social st- skills to kids, totally 180, do exactly the opposite of what Doug does this episode. <laughs> <laughs> right. Oh, oh my God. God, Brock, is this why you were embarrassed? <laughs> yeah, it's. I, I am the exact same, or he's the exact same age I was when the show started. So, like, oh, I wow. wonder if, like, a lot of my problems are from Doug. <laughs> <laughs> We've touched on that a bit about how, like, I mean, like, I can personally attest to having like a like like an anxiety issue, and like Sam has spoked about that as well. Like, like it might come from this kind of shit, right? Right. It certainly doesn't help. Doug might have given us anxiety. Like, it's not (laughs) not zero chance. If nothing else, it gave no good ways to deal with it. Right. Yeah. No, I'll get into yeah. that. The moral here is about anxiety, and it it's yeah. completely wrong and not applicable to normal human behavior. <laughs> One of the morals is about anxiety. Right. And it takes a like, swipe at junk food. Like, what the fuck? Back off my oh, junk yeah. food. It takes, a, like, and the way we gotta, we'll, I'll go real fucking deep on that one when we get there, but yeah. we gotta get there first. Yeah, let's, let's start stepping through this episode. Let's get into the shit, boys. <laughs> Start grinding your fans into your other hand. Get ready. Uh, Doug, this episode begins. Doug and Skeeter are leaving the school. They're like uh, done with the day. And Doug is like, hey, why don't we go get a shake at the Honker Burger? And Skeeter like is receptive to this. He's like, yeah, this sounds great. You know, lunch doesn't seem to last as long as my stomach and as it used to. And then that kind of like it's a weird way to say things, but okay, wait, a suggestion that right, teenagers, that's a thing that happens. Who goes get a milkshake when they're hungry? <laughs> get, but that's also, something to of... get alongside a burger. Also, we've kind of talked about how like all this time Skeeter might be like an illusion that he actually moved away at the end of season one, and that's like, oh, because I'm a phantom now. <laughs> <laughs> food does not nourish me. <laughs> All falls to ashes in my mouth, Douglas. I am a specter doomed to haunt the world. <laughs> it's the honk, scene honk. from Pirates of the Caribbean where he's like trying to eat an apple and it like turns to ashes. <laughs> Skeeter drinking a milkshake. You best start believing in shitty stories. You're in one. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Okay, but uh, so... They're walking together, but then they walk past Roger, who's, like, leaning against a tree, and he, like, whistles for Skeeter and, like, Like calls him- Like he's a dog. Yeah, he's like, Here, Valentine! (laughs) Come on, boy! Come on! And then Skeeter just, like, says, Oh, yeah, I have other plans, and he, like, runs off. Which, nothing about that is strange. Roger has demonstrated that, Nope, it's time for me to take control, and Skeeter immediately yields control of the shared body. That's all completely as per normal. Recall, dear viewer, that we've theorized multiple times in the past that Skeeter and Roger are effectively the same person, and they materialize at different times depending on how Doug is feeling, right? And this is Roger's body resting resting control of Skeeter's soul once again. And like, and he like he he demonstrates this control because he like noogies Skeeter too, right? Like, 
That's yeah. what you get for trying to resist me. <laughs> the Brock, rightful owner of this form. Right. Brock, do you like... You've been on, and we've, we've talked about, like, them sharing the same body. Do you, like, buy into this theory? Yes. I am 100% in on this. Fuck uh, yeah. <laughs> the, the, you, I'm glad you explained it the way you did for this episode, because I was going to ask how, if they do share the body, how that interaction would work. But now that you're show, explaining that he showed dominance over Skeeter, that makes a lot of sense to me. The overarching theory I have is the entire episode is like just a touched up version that Rug, Doug writes in his journal. So, like, if you take it under that perspective, this episode makes perfect sense. In, yeah. wait, in what way in this exact thing? Because they're the same person in that way? Well, or because what, what do you mean the entire thing is him getting anxious about not like getting invited to another person's thing. So in real life, he didn't get invited to another person's thing. He sat at home being mad about it. But mm-hmm. uh, in this one, he gets anxious about not being invited. Uh, but the reason is it's because everyone loves him and they're going to throw a surprise for him. Because yeah. <laughs> that's what I deserve is a surprise party. Right. For it being one year since I moved to this town, noted thing anyone tracks or gives a shit about. Oh, so you're saying that the party at the end of the episode doesn't actually happen? No, it's he's That's sitting his, like, in his justification. Room. He's sitting in his room. Oh my god, that actually, yeah, that actually kind of frames it well because it does seem like very out of place. Like, how does Doug know where Roger lives? Right? right? Yeah, that's <laughs> that's a real weird. Why do one, they throw but... it at Roger's trailer? I don't yes. know. Yes. Bibi is there. She has a mansion. <laughs> Judy is there. She's his sister. Right. But they're not throwing the party for and Judy. Yeah, no one's celebrating <laughs> <for> Judy. <laughs> that owns. This sucks. <laughs> also, Doug's parents are not there. I don't well, know. No, they're at the hotel. <laughs> are they in a lot of episodes? I don't remember the last no. time I've seen them. They're very like, rarely in episodes. They should throw the party at the hotel. Okay. <laughs> Actually, a side thing here that's you notice a lot in shows around this time, like and also in most Disney movies, like it's a time honored tradition. You gotta kill the parents so the kids can do something. <laughs> now, Jim Jenkins created the ideal universe bereft of all suffering, yada yada yada. Which means that Doug, of course, has two loving parents. But because Jim Jenkins isn't good at things. It was necessary that for Doug to have any regular bouncing off the characters of the town, the parents just kind of aren't there. Yeah. Mr. Dink is more Doug's father than anyone else is. A lot of the episodes make a lot more sense if Mr. Dink is Doug's wacky dad and Mrs. Dink is... Oh, well, of course, dear. Just do whatever. Just, like, vaguely dismissive, but in control mom. Right. But yeah, because they established that, no, that's not how this is. Doug has loving, well, ostensibly loving parents. On the rare occasions you see them and Doug interacts with them, he can't bring that up. Because if he does, the question of why have they not been involved at any stage of this show <laughs> immediately comes screaming to the forefront of your brain. Like... <sighs> The last time we saw them seriously involved in anything, like, the closest they've come to being involved with a main plot was not the Grandma episode. It was episode, like, three, where Doug says, I'm gonna run away from home. No more son. And (laughs) And his parents' parents reaction were, "Eh, just don't wake your sister up. (laughs) Jesus. It's fucking wild. It's like... But that isn't, like, you're pulling that right now, but that's, like, not even the most repugnant part of this episode. (laughs) That's a side effect that you don't even think about. Just downward spiral is this entire thing. Yeah. God, okay, but moving forward, like, let's, there's a lot in this episode, so let's, like, keep moving a little bit. Our first two-hour episode, ladies (laughs) and Jesus Christ. But, uh, so yeah, Doug, like, let's just skip through, like, you know, he asked BB and Chalky to come over, and they're like, no, and they go hang out with Roger, do whatever. They, do they ever um, hang, like, he asked them to come to their house. Has he ever had them over? That felt like a weird, like, no. Not in, no. okay. not in show. Yeah, certainly not. And, like, and my favorite part about that interaction is that BB, like, doesn't even entertain the idea of it. Like, Chalky says yes, but BB's like, no, and, like, covers his mouth. It's like, fuck you. Back off, Doug. That's my meat. Yep. Oh, God. <laughs> I own this beef, man. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> He's probably on her payroll. Uh, but yeah, so, and then they go hang out with Roger. And then I love that, like, Patty's in the background, like, and she just goes to Roger. She doesn't even, like, say hi to Doug. She just, like, doesn't even look at him. She's yeah, just, like, I mean, yeah, if she's Roger's throwing house. a surprise party for Doug, she's the only one that does it correctly. She doesn't True. go to her, hey, Doug, hey, did you want to hang out? Sorry, I'm doing something else and running back to who Roger is. Yeah. <laughs> she's the only one that, like, competently is, like, trying to set up a surprise. Right. That's a good point. It's a better way to view it. Um, but yeah, so then Doug gets all like he gets anxious about he gets it. pissed that pissed. his friends are doing something without him. Like, he gets pissed that his friends have another friend. Yes, it's yep. even that. It's not even that like they're doing something. It's that they like would dare have another nexus of friendship, right? Well, what's going on? Why is everyone going to Roger's house except me? Like they want to hang out with Roger, Doug. Like you don't the universe. Like, does not, well, it does, but the universe shouldn't revolve around you. And why does Doug want to go to Roger's house? Right, he's a bully! Yeah. <laughs> well, we know why he might want to go to Roger's house. Mm-hmm. Right. Gentle viewers, please see Nature Dom's Doug for, for <laughs> the details. And doesn't it feel yes. like he, he's even more upset because he perceives Roger to be below him? Like, socially yeah, and everything. And it feels like true. a weird... A weird, like, why would they want to be with this person? He's below me. Yeah. And he lives in a trailer. So. Yeah, this is the first time we see that Roger lives in a trailer, unlike the houses we see everyone else live in. So there's some interesting yeah, class some bullshit in there. So, yeah, yeah. I, I, I want to just touch that real quick. I, I grew up in a basically a trailer without wheels. So, like, seeing that in the whole 90s trope of, like, all oh, the shitty kids grew up in the little houses, you know, on the wrong side of the yeah, track. fuck you. Yeah, fuck yeah, you, Jim Jenkins. Seriously. That that, that pissed me off, and like I hate to say Welcome it, but Welcome to offended. Virginia, baby. Yeah, <laughs> it offended. Like it's like motherfucker. You know, people sometimes are victims of circumstance. Like they can't help shit. And does he live by himself? Yeah. Didn't his mailbox say Roger and Stinky? Like implying that? It? Yeah, I thought it, it said the clots and Stinky. Oh, did it, it say clots? Okay. Oh, it said no. clots and Stinky. Okay. And there's a sign that says "bad cat." So, haha, joke. Okay. But like Roger's parents aren't in his house. No. So like, when they have to approve a party with a bunch of preteens, and they or like be there, and he's the one like trailer on the hill, so you don't even see that there's a trailer park, which is where you know trailers usually are. Yeah, he doesn't have any neighbors. It's just him. He's the one poor person in fucking Bluffington. The the only one. Poor people are assholes. Apparently, according to the show, too. Right. Yeah, Yeah, it's just a symbol of you know because you're a bad person allegedly therefore you must not be rewarded by the universe right, right? if you were a good person you wouldn't be living here that's what God, the message yeah. is it's <laughs> yeah jesus christ and you have like you see him trying to ha- like because of course he is from the virginia suburbs and all sorts of dumb class bullshit is there you see him trying to snap back a little bit at yeah but rich people are kind of bad sort of maybe kind of but they and, always get what they want. But they, but yeah, sure. <laughs> he says it's kind of embarrassing that BB Bluff's dad owns the whole town. But he'd never dream of even writing a thing where they don't get what they want. Right. He knows better than to question the hand that feeds. Right. <laughs> All right. Well, Jesus, like this is gonna happen a lot on this episode. Where we just, oh like, yeah, just take, gonna... we just like take moments to just get fucking pissed about elements of it that aren't necessarily what's yeah. going on exactly. Oh, wait till so, we get the fantasy. Please... I got more there. Yeah, oh, yeah, be patient with us, dear reader, in this one, because goddamn. Okay. Transitioning from <laughs> class to something that has nothing to do with class, it's time to go to Quailman's Visions and Quailman playing mini-golf. Right, so, like, Doug is sitting on his porch, and he's just like, oh, man, what would Quailman do in this situation? Well, not, let, where... me, let me divide in here, sorry. He goes, I bet Quailman would know what to do if he lost his friends. Doug, you did not lose your friends. Like, right. they're yeah. not leaving you. Right. Like, He's so fucking possessive. What, what is, is what the, is. the lesson here should have been, like, one of the things you have to learn when you're growing up is that sometimes, no matter what you do, how you act, or how you behave, sometimes a person is just not going to like you. And hey, like, not the, even that. Hey. Sometimes a person just doesn't want to be around you in that one moment. Yeah. Like, even if they weren't, like, you know, even if it wasn't that they had plans with Roger, what if they just, like, wanted to be alone that and, day? Yeah, right? and like, and a long time we before. already had this episode, Jenkins, you fuck. And, <laughs> like, part of growing up is figuring out how to not let it bother you. The lesson, sh- the, like, the lesson, and, and eventually is hey, don't be anxious. Everybody likes you. 
It actually means everybody likes you. <laughs> no, that's completely wrong. It's the nice guy fallacy. Yeah, right? you're yeah. a nice no, guy, like, so the universe will bend to your will. Also, the last time this happened, it was Doug losing his shit over the concept of, oh no, I might have to spend an evening without my dog for company. You've got your dog for company. Problem fucking solved, you giant baby. <laughs> Rugrats told this story better and with like a moral. <laughs> oh, yeah. That always Rats happened. actually knew what it was doing. <laughs> yeah, the babies knew better than this. <laughs> <laughs> That's a common theme among Nickelodeon shows, that Rugrats did it, but better, more intelligently, funnier, and more artistically, right? Yes. Like, that always happened. <laughs> That's, God. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah, he's he's like, man, what would Quail Man do if he lost all his friends? Uh, and we jump into the Quail Zone of Infinite Losers, where Doug is, like, it's showing a bunch of stuff, like, you know, it's reintroducing Quail Man again, like, what he is. The world's like, most quail-like superhero, which makes right. a lot more sense if you understand quail-like means garbage. It means garbage. I shot you when I was 13. <laughs> <laughs> Incredibly stupid, yeah. Like, the world's stupidest bird, like, <laughs> scientifically proven, almost. Not even good for meat. Uh, yeah. And awful meat. <laughs> Just awful. <laughs> but... And and it shows in this, it shows like Quailman doing his whistle and then flies away and two meteors collide. And we had like surmised that in the first episode that Doug that Quailman had blown up his home planet. Maybe he's doing this again, he's just like blowing up another planet. That's what he uses his intelligence for. His right. is fucking what's it called? Not genocide, but with a with the world involved. There's a there's a fancy name for that. Oh fuck, I don't remember. Let's say genocide, but for the world. I'll, I'll, I'll edit it in here when I look it up. <laughs> boner. God. Can we I'm not giving you talk about boner, boner, when boner. He's, Shut the fuck up. <laughs> when he's playing mini golf, he puts the ball on a tee, which you don't do in mini golf, and then hits it like he's got a wood, and it's a putter. That's not how he plays four. Yes. <laughs> which is what you say when you're about to hit somebody with a ball. Just yeah. uh, so dumb. Yeah, no. It just, like it, even the internal consistency falls apart in ever almost every frame of this episode. Yeah, but so he plays mini golf, and then Dink shows up and hands him a fucking bomb. He's <laughs> 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 like, he like, and also like, this is an episode about like Quail Man deciding what to do if he lost all his friends. So this is showing that in his fantasy, his number one friend is Dink, right? Yeah. Yep. So I guess that's because his dad. They all get turned into zombies by Klotzenstein, which the subtext here is: if people don't like you, they're zombies. Right. If they're people controlled don't like by you, something. They're other. being corrupted by an outside force working against you, whose last name is Stein for some reason. <laughs> oh, no. We're gonna go oh, deeper no. on that one. <laughs> oh God, I didn't think about yeah, that. Yeah, I had oh, one line about boy. that in 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 my notes, but I didn't get that much of a connection out of it. Holy shit! Oh yeah, no. that's gonna. He's we're controlling gonna go the world. He's sympathizing. <laughs> Holy shit! With advertising the world using mass media and the shit he's putting in your food and the fact that he can bamboozle into doing whatever he wants by saying, I can put you on TV. Oh, Jesus Christ. Jim Jenkins is working through some real protocols of the elders of Zion shit here. (laughs) Oh, no. I did not make that connection at all, which I hope speaks to my character. (laughs) (laughs) I feel exhausted yeah, no. from this episode already. Yeah, I know, right? I'm sweating. I'm actually <laughs> literally sweating. Like, Sam has said a lot, this is the worst episode. This is me putting my chips in, and this is the worst episode. <laughs> I think it's <laughs> the most yes. morally repugnant episode, yes. I don't think it's Certainly. I don't think it's the worst to view. There's enough okay. shit going on to be pissed off at that... Well, well, let's carry on. We still haven't gotten all of it. <laughs> we'll have another sidebar in 10 seconds. Right. About how much we hate this. Okay, so... So, okay, so Dink hands Quail Man a bomb, and it blows up in his face, and then he runs away giggling. And, like, Quail Man's just Hell like, yeah. that's, that's funny. I've never known Mr. Dink to play practical jokes. And they just, like, cut away from it, right? They're just like, all right, cool. And... <laughs> then he goes to like a restaurant, I guess, that is the labeled the Space Honker Burger. The Space Honker Burger, but it's labeled only snacks. Uh, and they go in there, and 
everyone is eating these bags of chips that are labeled. And oh, we should say that also like it's shown that everyone's a zombie because they have like spirally eyes, right? And like, they, talk, shown as, they talk in a monotone-ish type voice. Right, too. right, right. And, and Until everyone, a time comes to make fun of Doug, at which point they immediately come to life. <laughs> right. Just, just but, like us in this show. Right. <laughs> Where we get super animated when we get the fucking dunk on his ass. <laughs> but so so uh, everyone's eating from these snack bags that say zombie on them. And you would think for that would mean that like it's these particular foods that are listed as zombies. But the decor is also listed zombies. So this is just a zombie restaurant, right? Yes. And yeah, where the fuck so- is this golf course? <laughs> On some planet somewhere, I don't know. It's actually man. located above planet zombie. I know it's just <laughs> weird. Why, also, why do Patty and Skeeter work here? Yes, yes, Patty is working the per, we're working the front counter, and Skeeter is the janitor. So, like, great. Like they they have jobs in this universe, and eleven year olds have is, jobs. Yeah, that's good. And, and Patty is still in a position of servitude in Doug's mind. Like, yep. Patty's job is to dispense <sighs> treats to Doug. Moving on. Yeah, and so... Well, she's like, supposed to be dispensing trees to Doug, but some outside force has corrupted the beauty of the white woman. I'm sorry. And uh, <laughs> now she's and now she obeys the dictates of another. Yeah, and, and like... Nothing me, going on here. <laughs> like, yeah, like, this is the first time in any of Doug's fantasies. Like, recall that in Doug's fantasies, Patty is always, like, demure and, like, submissive and, like... Totally just like, oh my god, Doug, you're the best, right? And this is the first time when she's not that way. However, she's still being submissive just to someone else. Servant to everyone that comes up to the counter. And also we'll see in a moment that she's a submissive servant to Klotzenstein, right? Like, so in Doug's fantasy, she's not like a powerful person ever. Like, even when she's dunking on Doug and calling him a loser like she does. It's still Roger doing it. It's in, but my point is that it's still in service to someone else. Yes. Yeah. Like, Patty is not an independent person. She's still like an objectified character in this moment. Yep. Right? Uh, Yeah. God. (laughs) I will pop. I'll jump in real fast with the upcoming, though, is one of the only moments that is actually okay, because Skeeter says, I'd rather kiss a moving train than spend an afternoon with you, frail man. (laughs) Oh, brother, what a loser. (laughs) Frail man is pretty good, actually. I'll give you credit for that one, (laughs) Ignoring the suicide joke part of it. Yeah, yeah, Christ. Yeah. Just kind of got to brush over that one. He's saying he'd rather fucking kill himself than hang out with Quail Man in this kids' cartoon show. Jesus. And where we grew up, we had two people in our our high school dying yep. from one from suicide by train, other by train accident. So like, that's fucked Jesus. up, man. <laughs> yep. Damn. <laughs> Fuck, dude. Like. God damn, this episode, even when it's, like, not being, like, below the surface repugnant, even on the surface, it's repugnant. Yeah, no, like, part of being a zombie here in this episode is that all the characters start telling Quail Man, Oh, brother, what a loser! And, like, the idea here is that as you become friends with somebody, you start to adopt their catchphrases, which is patently false. How many times has Mike said cat penis so far? Zero. (laughs) (laughs) How many times have I said one? No, no. Oh, shit. Ah, fuck. Ah, fuck. (laughs) There's that. (laughs) Well, as you'll see, I am not a Samzoid zombie, so I can pick and choose what sections I copy. (laughs) I still have object permanence and control of my own body. For now. Now. Yeah, let's catch up in two years and see what's happening. Hey, maybe I'll convince you to stop making as many checkoff jokes. <laughs> yeah, let's put a lot of money on that happening. I know that's a mission futility. I know, dear reader. I'm trying for you. I'm trying. <laughs> they, they love it. <laughs> Is it weird that when Sam was on uh, Damage Boost, I had to kind of push him to make penis jokes? What the fuck, Sam? <laughs> Are you kidding me? There's not much dick in Doom. We man. only act out for Daddy. We're sorry. <laughs> All right. Yeah, well, we did establish you are my little kitties in a previous episode. <laughs> <laughs>
Good Christ. All right. Oh, Moving my God. on to sex- more sexual subtext. Yeah, Chris. Okay. So, like, anyway, Skeeter, like, Doug is, like, trying to get people to hang out with him, even in this fantasy, right? Like, he's asking Skeeter to come back to the thicket of solitude and play quail chess, right? And, Sam, I gotta ask you, has Superman ever invited someone to the for- Fortress of Solitude? Does that happen? Oh, yeah, all the time. Oh, fuck. Okay, come on. I, it's the fucking Fortress of Solitude. <laughs> it was point. a stupid name. Why does he just meet him at Chili's? Superman's also a terrible character. That's where they would all, like, meet up for, like, secret... Like, when he and Batman would be conspiring against the Justice League, they'd take him to his, like, house. Why don't they just... Why don't they call it the Fortress of Buddy Time or something? <laughs> ask ask Krypt- Kryptonians. All right, fuck it. The important, an important detail they do establish later on in greater Superman lore is that everyone else from his planet was a stupid piece of shit. So. Fair, fair. Okay, so anyway, Doug gets all like, qu- excuse me, Quail Man gets all like nervous about this, and he's like, Hmm, all my friends are acting incredibly strange, almost like my arch enemy, Dr. Klotzenstein. It must add up. The way he t- says this, it's like Rain Man. He has no affect whatsoever. <laughs> yeah, he's like, well, I mean, he's like trying to solve the puzzle of it, right? He, and He's like, if my friends were being mind-controlled, I'd be a little bit more panicked. I'd be like, hmm, what is the problem here? <laughs> well, I know, well, I will watch TV. There's a weird <laughs> disconnect because, on the one hand, it's the, eh, everybody else is busy. No, oh, well, guess I'll just watch TV would be the normal way to react to that. Ah, yeah. Everyone's acting like my mysterious nemesis. Dr. Triple parentheses, Klotzenstein, <laughs> triple parentheses. That, that like, he just says, that probably deserves a little bit more energy, but no, he's delivering it like, oh, my people don't want to hang out with me today. Well, that sucks. TV okay, time. Hang on, this also assumes that these people are Quailian's friends, which we have never seen shown. Like, he saves them in the classroom in that one episode, but they're not his friends. They're just, like, people in trouble, right? Yeah, they just kind of know he exists, and for right. some reason they're unwilling to go to his secret lair and play quail chess. Like, what if they're just like, Doug, why are you dressed like that? Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> Talk like a normal person. Yeah, okay, so... They go back to the Thicket of Solitude, and they start watching TV, and there's a commercial for, like, zombie chips, which is made by Klotzenstein, and he's like, everybody buy my zombie chips, and just this commercial turns Porkchop Quail Dog into a zombie. Yeah, it's got the spiral and the, like, hypnotizing music going on, and he's looking, and Doug's like, oh, no, I can't look at it. The dog looks directly at it. And I don't know what the point of him being the zombie would have been, because they're just, like, out in the middle of nowhere, and it's a tiny dog. So, like, what's... Well, we, we shortly learned that Quail Dog is way more fucking powerful than Quail Man. Yeah, he's got so powers. He probably, it, probably was, it probably was to, like, <laughs> I don't murder know. Quail You're Man. about to see an indication that Quail Man has powers that we have not yet seen. Because yeah, go into it. the reaction of as Quail Dog starts to march off, having been compelled by the advertising to go buy the junk food, it's time for me to use the powers of the quail. And Doug whistles, and the TV explodes. Right. You're gonna have to buy a new quail TV, Doug. Like I have to use the grace and speed of a quail, and the TV explodes. It's like right. it's just black canary. Yeah. <laughs> One, naturally, quails can blow up TVs. All of us know this. Two, the moral just got real confused. The solution to being brainwashed into buying junk food by Dr. Klotzenstein is to just blow up your TV. (laughs) I put it to you, this is Jim Jenkins trying to work out his discomfort with being in children's television, (laughs) but in characteristically incompetent fashion. Okay, did you all watch Rocco's Modern Life? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Okay. You know, the only that... voice I can do is Mrs. Bighead's voice. Hell yeah. <laughs> there is an episode. Oh, you boys so <laughs> <laughs> I'm just gonna do the rest of the episode. Boys, <laughs> this is Mike. <laughs> God bless this country. Uh, I episode... went to school for engineering. <laughs> <laughs> There's an episode of Rocco's Modern Life called Deli Meats, which was completely autobiographical. The whole plot, to give a very quick synopsis of a good episode of a show, 
that a character, Mr. Big Head's son who went off to the city and got a real job, is tired of making his dumb cartoon for kids, and so he tries to get himself fired by making something that's total dog shit. Except once he gives the dog shit to the execs, they love it, and it turns mm. out the only people who love it more are the kids. The mm-hmm. hogs just can't get enough of this fucking slop. And eventually, the, our protagonist, Rocco, gets to this character and tells him, Hey, what if instead of hating this thing and trying to destroy it for not being what you want, you try to make it the best thing it can possibly be? And it's like a weight's lifted from his shoulders, and he smiles, and he says, Yeah, yeah, I can do that. And he makes the next episode the best thing he can make it. Everyone hates it. He's immediately fired. (laughs) Like, that's That's a... a, Yeah, that's grim, but a better moral. (laughs) Yeah, that is straight-up autobiographical of the guy who was making Rocco's Modern Life, who was really having some issues with the fact that I can't stand, like, I'm making children's television. I exist so I can get the eyeballs of tiny kids in front of ads for junk food. I'm not okay with this. But... Jim Jenkins, because he is not a clear thinker, has decided... Parody. Yeah. <laughs> parody. Not actual Jim parody. Jim Jenkins' case is just grumping about parody. the fact... Jim Jenkins recognizes he exists to sell ads on Nickelodeon, but his solution is, oh, you should just blow up your TV, because I gotta eat. Closer examination would reveal that he's part of the problem, but if you actually cared, you'd stop watching television. I, right. I'm, I'm, my conscience is clear. That's true, and and Doug reminds us that the quail call is not a toy. So suck I, my he's dick, not telling... you fucking nerd. <laughs> <laughs> and that's all we'll say about that. <laughs> yeah, really got it all in one there, Sam. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I was going to say that maybe it means that if you are to destroy the TV, that it's an adult's job and not the child. Let's just leave it Fuck back. you. Hey, yeah, I'm going to buy a gun. Be, <laughs> yeah, the adult should be the one who turns off the TV so yes. you don't watch this crap. Yeah, exactly. It's Instead not of your responsibility. bitching about what's on the TV, you turn it the fuck off so your kids aren't watching it. It's not that hard. <laughs> yeah, the fact that it's the guy who's making children's television trying to plead... No, please turn it off. Otherwise, the Klotzensteins of the world will get you to you get your kids to eat Ugh. junk food, and it'll turn them into morons who yeah. won't be friends with me, Jim Jenkins. <laughs> J- jokes this on is- them! It was my public school education that made me a moron. So, <laughs> hell yeah! Oh my god! It's video games for me. This <laughs> is a combination of a lot of factors for me. <laughs> oh man. Okay, so. Now that he realizes that watching this... And wait, hold on. So, like, I guess he doesn't need the junk food to turn him into zombies because just the commercial itself can turn... Sure. The commercial... Whatever. Who cares? The commercial makes you buy the chips, and the chips turn you into a zombie all the way. Sure. Okay, it's an intro. So, okay, then they... they, they, Doug, like, uh, breaks Porked Up out of it, and they fly off, and they fly out of the studio. And the narrator says... Having put the pieces together, Quail Man and Quail Dog quickly fly off. Even after Klotz literally just reveals yeah, his plan yeah, on TV. he talks, he's like, Go buy zombie chips with the secret zombie formula that will turn you into my zombie slaves. He says it on TV. <laughs> and then having put the together. Yeah. Intelligence. <laughs> the world's greatest detective. <laughs> <laughs> yeah okay so they get to the studio and uh Klotz has like a Klotzenstein has like a game show uh, called Wheel of Snacks I would right. be on that game show that sounds like a great game show yeah that would actually be fun <laughs> that's like some Hunger Games fucking shit cause it's like who gets to eat what do they get to eat and he has like the pile of food behind him and they right? tie you to a torture wheel as part of this uh, as part right. of this game show <laughs> And it shows that currently on the torture wheel is Mr. Bone, and he's being spun, and and Patty's off to the side. Like Patty's like the Vanna White of this, right? She's like show, like showing everyone being like the she sex has two jobs, right? <laughs> yeah, she's got the other job at the at the burger place. But um, so they spin in the wheel, and uh, M- Mr. Bone is just like crazy puffs. I want the crazy puffs. Come on, crazy puffs. When he first said that, I could have sworn he said greasy puss. 
<laughs> oh, no. And I was like, ah, yeah. <laughs> That's just your fucking broke brain. <laughs> and then, unfortunately, Mr. Bone does not get the greasy puss. He only oh gets God. sweet meat. <laughs> right. Which, yeah, my Bernstein Bears on. moment here is that I could have sworn sweet meat meant testicles. It doesn't, but I was just what? 100% sure in my brain. <laughs> Why would you ever think that's what that means? Because sweet meats is actually the name of a specific, like, Thing, testicle? It's, no, it's not the name of testicles, but it's the name of a similarly weird organ that for some reason people made a thing out what? of. What is a similarly weird organ to testicles, the, Like, Do you know where the thymus gland is or what the thymus gland looks Obviously like? Obviously not. I don't know the Same. name of the word. I just know that the thymus gland is part of the sweet meats. Okay. I don't know where I read that, but I know it's true. <laughs> same with me. Same with me in testicles. I thought sweet meat meant testicles. Great. This is my Shazam moment. <laughs> <laughs> this is it. This is what transforms you. I love Shazam. Chosen so bad. by the worst god imaginable. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. So there's been the wheel. And, uh,. Doug Bussin and uh and hold on yeah and in this they're saying that like junk food is evil right that it's like controlling them but they fucking eat ice cream in every episode of the show they go to the right? honker burger every day they feed a dog <laughs> yeah. chocolate ice cream <laughs> yeah yep. every fucking day also, they love junk food quail man appears to put a stop to Klotzenstein's evil plan which to be clear is advertise the food which he is making to sell to people. Yes. That's the evil plan. Sell advertising on television. Right. This is completely legitimate business, Doug. (laughs) The fuck are you doing? Yeah. And he, like, busts in. And he's like, I'm here to stop your evil plan. And then fucking Klotzenstein says to him, Say, Quail Man, ever been on TV before? TV? (laughs) Me? No way. He blushes and he crosses his legs because, gosh, he's really always wanted to be on television, Mr. Big Shot Studio Executive. (sighs) And you know where this is going. Yeah, so this, again, when I said earlier this episode falls apart, even if you don't think about it, like, Quail Man's one power is that he's smart. (laughs) Like, this is the one thing, yeah, this is the one thing that shouldn't fool him. (laughs) <laughs> but this is, like like Jim is alluding to, this is like the whole Hollywood exec thing of like tricking the young, dumb Hollywood newbie into like, oh, if you do all these things, then I'll make you right, a big star. You can't say that he, there wasn't like, a couch in the background, though. <laughs> God. It, it totally breaks the idea that he's like an intelligent person that fights with his mind instead of with his body. Yes, but because yeah. the problem is Jim Jenkins is juggling like eight different concepts at once here and the concept here is doug is now standing in for jim jenkins the kid who thought he was trying to do good but man you want to be a big star you want to get your show on a big network you want people to know you mean something and so you sign on to the junk food seller network and oh no you're trapped forever sucks to be you ha ha he here let me help me help you with those shackles as i climb into your torture device Right, right. Like Doug gets into a goddamn like bondage system on the uh, on the wheel. Like he allows himself to be strapped in and pork chop too. And and then after this, he says, he says, I can't believe I fell for the old glamour of being a television star trick. Like how much more transparent does this need to be? Yeah, right? yeah. Also, he does say that what he is asked what he is playing for, and he says, Oh, I'd like some spicy pork rollovers, which I think is supposed to be a joke, but I can't for the life of me figure out how huh that's weird (laughs) moving on (laughs) and like like you say jim like keep in mind frame this in that this is like the beginning episodes of season two like this is after this show is a big television star right yeah like they got a huge budget increase they were told like yeah you're gonna be prime time right like this is this is kids are going to be raised on this and jim jenkins just immediately realizing oh no what have i done i feel some small amount of shame for this hey i should make an episode out of this (laughs) (laughs) burn it for content (laughs) yeah okay so 
they get spun and spun around on this wheel. Uh, and they're just like, it's very clear that they're not going to be stop spinning. They're just like spinning around and spinning around. Everyone's calling them losers. Uh, and Doug says that to Quail Dog, use the pr- use your quail tail. And like, Quail Dog fucking extends his prehensile tail to grab the lever. Noted Holy. trait possessed by both dogs and quails. <laughs> yeah, he like extends it to like twice the length of his body, pulls the lever, and then turns it into a goddamn key to unlock the shackle. Again, I like to go back to my that old well of imagine a dog doing this in real life. <laughs> <laughs> Uh. And, and furthermore, on the topic of internal consistency of this episode, they reversed the goddamn colors of the pulley stick of like making it that red is fast and stop is green now, as opposed to stop is green, <laughs> red is fast. They fucking reversed the colors. Whatever, it doesn't matter. So yeah, so so Klotzenstein is like, you know, he's got his back turned to Quail Man and he says to the audience, he's like, hey, I'm giving you all pay all paid expenses trips to Klotzland. And that's definitely like his bedroom or something. <laughs> oh, Klotzland. It's a, no, no. Klotzland. It's a theme park where you'll work as my zombie slaves for the rest of your lives. <laughs> after you've consumed what I have fed you, after I have diluted your precious bodily fluids with my terrific powers, you will be damned to work under me forever at silly novelty theme parks. <laughs> we were just talking about this before the episode started about the the, the galactic corporation of Disney. <laughs> yep. Oh no. <laughs> so, congratulations. And uh, remind me, uh... Was Harvey yes. Weinstein involved in uh, any of the major Disney stuff? Oof. Or is he in one of other studios? He's, he has his own studio, I believe. Max. I'd, yeah. Because there's some real... Uh, I'm going back to the weird well of... Oh, yeah, congratulations. You've been enslaved by all this. Like, There's some weird Baptist anti-Semitism wrapped up in here. Like, There's a <sighs> lot of old conspiracy theory junk around that. God, yeah, this... This is, it's like, man, that point you made earlier, Jim, about, like, the name and how it's framed is like, holy shit, this is just, like, warping the episode to so much worse in my mind than it already was. Yeah, no, and uh, you want your bonus points. The way that he is defeated is that uh, Doug actually finally stands up. Somebody finally gets up on national television and names the real problem that's facing this country. It's the subversion of our bodily fluids by those goddamned money-grubbing Klotzensteins. And if you'll just eat good American beets, that'll solve all the problems. You eat healthy foods, free of all the horrible additives that they are putting in your food, you'll be able to think clearly again, and you'll recognize that they need to be run out of town. I don't feel good, guys. Yeah, it's all great. This is fucking nauseating, this episode. Yeah, he, like, he, Quailman, like, gets out of the shackles and then just, like, solves the problem by pouring beats on everyone and, like, throwing yeah, where beats where'd he get the beats? Who cares, you know? Who cares? Why, why would Whatever. you, with the... Uh, Maybe fuck they were in my the food life, pile. come on! <laughs> like, so, this, one of the things I also want to point up here is, like, one of the reasons, like, obviously, Quail Man's based on, like, old-school Superman comics, right? One of the reasons yeah. those things are so fun is because you could have, like, play violence or pretend violence. But that goes totally against, like, what he's trying to make Quail Man. He's trying to make Quail Man a smart superhero. And he wins by dumping vegetables on somebody. Like, it goes against <laughs> everything that this character's yeah. written to be. And Klotzenstein is just, like, he isn't even, like, defeated. It shows him that he's just, like, mildly inconvenienced because there's, like, six beats on top of also, him. Right? Also, also, <laughs> uh, sidebar here, I just, Klotzenstein still have the frog tongue? <laughs> was, From the other I was just laughing at the idea of him just, like, frog tonguing his dick. <laughs> Oh my god. You just you just had to pull that in here. We were on a whole separate level. Didn't even need dick jokes. But just imagine imagine come. that mental image. Come on. Fucking that's dick awesome. jokes from the top rope. Oh god, it's Sam's music. Uh, Christ. That <laughs> that Oh my god. Let's move on. Hog like a fly, you say. <laughs> Let's move on. Oh no, there's a fly on my dick quail, man. Oh my- <laughs>
And now he's suddenly Japanese. Let's not ask questions. The ways of your brain are fascinating, Sam. Jesus Christ, okay. So, so like, this is basically what ends the fantasy. Like, everyone cheers for Quail Man. Like, Patty comes up and is like, hooray, you did it, Quail Man. She's back to being submissive to Doug, right? Yeah. All things have been saved. Everybody rightfully recognizes the person who finally spoke up out against the international conspiracy to poison <laughs> the body of the nation as their rightful leader. Good God. And... So, and we, gr- he fantasized about how grace, speed, and intelligence got him through that. Which of those three was displayed at zero any for point? three? Zero for three. <laughs> zero. Grace, speed, intelligence, the ability to generate beats out of thin air, and my dog's prehensile shape-shifting <laughs> tail. Yeah, and that's it. Well, he had his genius moment of watching the enemy reveal his plan on TV and then figuring it out. Yeah, it took him. He had to go home first before figuring it out. So that's speed. He had to. uh, He got tricked by, hey, you want to go on TV? So that's that's intelligence. And then Grace, he dropped vegetables on the enemy. (laughs) Oh, my God. Okay, but so this is the end of the fantasy. Like, Brock, did you have anything more in that fantasy? Because motherfucker. No, like, the fantasy is where I would, I stopped letting my, my kid watch because I, the, <laughs> the quail, it was so bad. Like, so I'm pretty liberal when it comes to what my kids watch, you know, within reason, obviously. And yeah. this yeah, is yeah. just, it's so weird that I have to take a cartoon away, a children's cartoon away, you know, yeah. it, because the, this, oh. there's. Like, we kind of touched on it, but there's about eight different morals that they kind of hint at, and then they fuck them all up. And it's so (laughs) frustrating. Like, you know, I have anxiety. Their mom has anxiety. So chances are they're going to have issues with anxiety. I don't want them seeing this that – and I I think Sam touched on it earlier – that everything's just going to work out when you have a paranoid thought because it was was everyone else's fault. You have to learn that you have to – Work it from within first and see how you handle it. And it's just such a bad message to be like, yeah, no, it's definitely the the poor bully kid's fault. and Or it's, you know, all your friends are being controlled by some other force. It's so yeah. bad and so lazy. It's, yeah, totally. So... This that's yeah, God, it's not. Also, a great beats message, suck. Don't tell people beets are good. I like beets. No, <laughs> no, they stain your teeth and they taste awful. Whatever. Also, they, make, I like they do make you sh- look like you're shitting blood, which is a they point do in their give favor. You terrifying moments. Um, but okay, so so this this is what snaps Doug out of the fantasy, right? He goes back into the real world and he's been drawing this whole thing. And he thinks to himself, he says, Quail Man didn't just mope around while Klotzenstein took over. No way. He took action. And, like, what the fuck? Like, is his plan is just to, like, go to Roger's house and say, give me my friends back? Yeah, You're not yeah. allowed he's to inviting yes, himself is. to a party. Yeah, like, he's inviting himself. He doesn't even know it's a party. He's just inviting himself to go tell Roger to have... Like, he doesn't even know they're still at Roger's house. Like, he's basically just going to tell Roger off for taking his friends away, right? For a day! For a day! Like, <laughs> For, not even, for like an hour. <laughs> Wouldn't the better lesson be like, oh, Quail Man takes action. Okay. You know, the next day you talk to Skeeter about like, hey, man, I kind of feel like everyone ditched me. You know, did I do something? Or are you guys just hanging out? Like talk to yeah. people like normal. And then Skeeter like- gives the answer. Oh, right. We were trying to throw you a surprise party, but everybody had forgotten to inform you. Like, our bad. Everyone assumed you would be a fucking, like, vigilante of the town and come and break it up because you're an asshole, right? Like, uh, what the fuck? Okay, okay. So, <laughs> what he does, like, he goes to Roger's house uh, at the, like, the trailer park mm-hmm. that only he lives at because he's a fucking possessive asshole, like Doug is. And uh, he he goes to Roger and he's like, hey, Roger, like, I want to talk to you about this. And Roger, like, invites him in. He Well, no, he says to Roger, he says, why did you invite all of my friends over here and not me? Like, it's like stress. You think BB and Chalky are your friends, huh? That's weird. (laughs) It's super weird. Like, 
So, and then Roger's like, hey, yeah, why don't you come into this pitch black room and let's talk mano y mano? Like, and he's grinning like a murderer, right? <laughs> like, like, this is the scene that. Let's step into I, my like, shadowy office, Doug. Yeah. Like, it's like pitch black. Like, the curtains are drawn. Um, so, you ever and, been on TV, Doug? <laughs> yeah. And they turn on the lights and have a surprise. It's a Doug's party. Anniversary. I must stress Hooray. again, Judy, Doug's sister, is there. And not being celebrated. Yep. It's a happy first party for Doug and Doug alone. <laughs> yeah, he, this yes. is happening in his mind. It has he to be. He didn't. He, after the Coilman fantasy, he just... Sat on his porch for another thirty minutes, staring blankly <laughs> into the distance, and then went upstairs and went to bed. That's what actually happened in this. He drew this scene in his journal, yes. like, like, and and then even like, how long have they been fucking waiting for him in there? Like, yeah. it, is, it is demonstrably like evening now. Like it's sunset. Yes. You can see in the background, and school gets out at like three or four, right? A.M. So like, or P.M. We're not sure. <laughs> so they've been waiting there for like six hours (laughs) and they have a cake for him and the cake has his face on it (laughs) and like 30 candles and like okay there's something else that happens in this like there's an amazing discourse where doug goes doug goes even you roger and roger's like yeah well uh hey it doesn't mean we're getting married or anything like, we have talked about Roger being Sundere, and holy fuck, <laughs> yeah. this is, like, the literal Sundere line. Ooh. I'm surprised you didn't open that line by saying, Baka. Yeah. <laughs> I'm surprised you didn't blush and, like, secretly put away the photo he has of Doug with a heart around him into his pocket. Like... Good lord, like, Roger is so Sundere in this show. And <laughs> and it's only in Doug's brain, though. Not only in yeah, Doug's life. But, like, and then, like, Roger, like, does the little thing where he, like, puts his finger on Doug's chest and then flips his nose up and, like, everyone laughs at him. But, like, it is pointedly also shown that Patty is there, she doesn't react, like, she doesn't laugh, then walks away, and then after she's out of frame, then you can hear her laughing. So, like, it shows that, like, Patty, like, wants to show Doug that she doesn't actually hate him, but then walks away and talks a bunch of shit. It's great. I love it. Can you fucking <laughs> believe this loser? Yeah. Were you guys uncomfortable like, with how floppy his nose was? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they were, like, physics. crazy jiggle physics in his nose yeah yeah it was amazing and And then doug gives us what the moral is yes go for it jim it's fucking abominable have faith in your friends because true friends will never let you down (sighs) it's okay guys anytime that other people have something going on they're probably just working on a party for you (laughs) <laughs> That's how real life works, right? Right. Yeah. Like I said earlier, you shouldn't be anxious because everyone likes you. There's no adversity. There's nobody that doesn't like you. They all love you. They're throwing you a party. There with is music no cake with your face on it. <laughs> there is no part of the universe that is not centered around you and you alone. That's how the world works. Oh, and I just realized. Like, even in this, you say the cake has his face on it. The cake also has Porkchop's face on it, but it does not have Judy's face on it. Nope. Judy's not a person. Oh, my God. Judy exists to celebrate Doug. (laughs) And to show that Doug is normal in comparison to her, because she's so wacky. Like, I hate to keep going back to the father well, but the whole... No, please, please. (laughs) The whole, like... The faith in your friends line at the end, because they'll always do the right thing, really, really bothered me. Because something like I work in education as well, and something that you make sure that you make clear to kids is, yes, we are authority figures, but we are not perfect. We will make mistakes, and it is okay to recognize those mistakes and talk to us about them. So to like, they're kind of implying that your friends are always going to make the right choice is a bad lesson to teach kids. Because yeah, no, the only very- mistakes can be mistakes you make. Everybody else is always right and oh, proper. Man. Obey and conform, you little shit. 
<laughs> immediately subservient yourself to all authority. And you, sh- God, you should God, say so that your bad. bully is going to throw you a party. Like that's oh, like, also you should also. be against the bully. The bully yeah. shouldn't be supporting you. That's the whole point of a bully. <laughs> and just to build off that one, what is the next thing that happens right after Doug says that? One of his friends offers him some junk food, and he says no, immediately invalidating the moral. Have faith <laughs> in your friends, unless they offer you something you don't want. In which case, no, fuck you. Holy shit, I didn't take that part. That's uh, amazing. Uh, Good lord. Like, I am fucking in my notes. I Like, I was watching this at, like, fucking three in the morning. And, I like, I yelled out, no, it fucking doesn't. You're an asshole. And, I, like, I realized I was like, I probably have neighbors. <laughs> Man, like. I haven't had a, a cigarette in ten years. But I think after this episode, I might have to go buy a pack. <laughs> Dude, my heart is pounding. <laughs> like, like this is the most worked up I've gotten over any. Yeah, of these no, this one was pretty it's fucking bad. It's the most repugnant. It's the most repugnant. This, so this far. shaped lives. This the show shaped <laughs> lives. Yeah, the like, show I've prescribed. Seen... This wrote, show wrote so many Xanax prescriptions. Like. <laughs> <laughs> I choose to believe that the encouraging sign in all this, we've had a couple of people on, and the story has always been the same. Nobody actually ever remembers shit from Doug. I and do. I choose to take that as a good sign. <laughs> Only people like Sam actually remembered anything, so the damage has been limited. Or it's all subconscious. <laughs> like, the, 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 the line that I give, like, whenever I'm trying to sell a friend on listening to the show or something, the line I always give is that everyone remembers Doug, like, as a concept. Like, everyone's familiar with the show. Everyone kind of thinks, like, oh, yeah, I like that show. Like, it was on when I was a kid. I liked watching it. But no one can answer the question of why they liked it, right? right. Like, when pressed, it is impossible to remember any details It was a it. thing, and it was on the TV, and you were very hard to not amuse back then and it sold you junk food hell yeah like my god this is like one of those prime examples of just like here is the reason we are doing the show the word has to get out like my god just not the jim jenkins preferably Yes, yeah, please. Parody, parody, non-actionable. We please, actually like uh, the show. Is, it's good. This is this is done in parody. Uh, we all like it, and uh, please we will write you. Any... I'll take I'll take, <laughs> I'll take the bread for you guys. Appreciate right, it. We we will uh, write you an affidavit of how we actually like this show, and the show is done in parody. Anyway, I don't know. Oh my god! But yeah, that's. That's the end of this episode. I forgot episode. about the idea. We can cut this. But I forgot about the idea of doing the April Fool's episode where we like like the episode. <laughs> <laughs> well, good thing April Fool's is passed yes. for this year. Or did it? <laughs> <laughs> this episode goes out one year from now. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. So that's the end of this. Uh Man, do we want to touch on anything else, or is this is like we've pretty zero much out of ten in the in the thralls of an aneurysm right now? <laughs> I will. I do want to have one thing on this one, just because I want to run down just as a quick analysis. What are the various morals of this episode that they yeah, gesture towards and then fuck it up? So we start off with the big overarching one, which is dog shit. Of <laughs> everything, like it'll all work out in the end. People's lives actually do revolve around you. Which you possess your friends. Yeah, yeah, you own them. They are your property. But aside from that one, we have watching TV is bad for you. Eating junk food is bad for you. The people who are trying to sell you things on the TV are bad people. <laughs> and... Also, I think there's something in there about if you're being mean to someone, it must be because you're obeying their enemies. Right, or that your bully secretly likes you and that's why they're mean to you. Like, man. I'm trying to find a more, like, if you hang around a repugnant person, you start becoming the same type of repugnant. Yeah. (laughs) Class equals worth. Yes, class equals worth. Right, that one's in there. Oh, uh, anti-Semitism. 
Uh, right. Yeah, yeah. If, but... if you're if you're a like well, along the same lines of class equals worth, if you're a bad person, you deserve it, and all aspects of your life reflect that, and like you're poorer from it. Yep. Like God, there's like eight different morals, and the only saving grace this episode has is that they're all trying to get through the door at the same time, and so they all <laughs> fuck each other over. <laughs> right. Oh man. And you end, end up with, wait, so what the hell was the deal with Dink and the exploding golf ball again? <laughs> yeah. That your neighbor, who is also your father figure, will give you a bomb? Yes. Yeah, huh, oh. that's slightly odd that my neighbor slash father attempted to kill me. Who wants a <laughs> snack? And God. How does he fly? <laughs> what forces make him fly? Sometimes he flaps his arms, sometimes he doesn't, it changes, who cares? He's just as dumb as how Superman flies. Quail Dog has uh, Mr. Fantastic powers. <laughs> yeah, that's not a moral, but it is a weird thing. You can, Oh, you can solve problems with intelligence? <laughs> <laughs> but only if your enemy also tells you what their plan is. And you have a dog with prehensile tail. <sighs> right. Guys, I watched this episode four times. I'm sorry, oh, Jesus. I can yeah, only stomach it once. I watched it once just to get a grip of it, you know, and then twice because I kept forgetting to take notes because you get lost in how shitty it is. And yeah, yeah. One, yeah. because I wanted to show my significant other how shitty the show is because she remembered it yeah. too. And she's like, oh, wow, yeah. No, this is not what I remember. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man, dude. Well, thank you for doing that, for taking this sacrifice to come on the show with us. Jesus yeah, Christ. thank you. We all have a very Thanks. limited number of brain cells still functioning in this time of quarantine. We thank mm -hmm. you, Brock, and you, our dear viewer, for sacrificing a couple of them on our behalf. Christ. <laughs> Every time I try to go to the hospital, they scan me for Doug Bray to make me go home. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the first thing they're worried Doug about the hospital is contagious. these days. Yeah. Oh my God! Well, Brock, thank you for so much for coming Thanks, on. Guys. Uh, tell us about tell us about Damage Boost. Tell us about your show. Tell us where you, we can find you. Um, so I'm gonna have Sam on. I think his episode will come in a week after this one comes out. Uh, nice. we'll, we'll be talking Doom, uh, and he was great. I highly recommend checking it out. At some point, once I figure out what the hell I'm doing and a show I can talk about, I'll be on there. But I have to figure out what I do yeah um uh, yeah i'm definitely gonna have jim on at some point uh twitter at damage boost pod and twitch at damage boost podcast and the podcast can be found anywhere you download a podcast and please make sure to download it it helps us see numbers and eventually hopefully sell advertising space <laughs> you can advertise junk food <laughs> hell yeah i will sell out in a fucking heartbeat just starting uh, out there rate the show five stars on itunes and also yes. do that for us Yes. Yeah, rate us, please. We're cool, maybe. So, subscribe, unsubscribe also helps your uh, your name pop up. Are you fucking kidding yeah. me? <laughs> it does. Also, if you hate the show, uh, five stars is the worst one. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's the one that is important to send. Right. It's like golf, and I'm winking into the microphone. <laughs> Oh my god. Alright, well let's call this one here. This has been a fucking trip. Uh thanks everyone for listening and thanks Brock for joining us. We'll see you next time. Goodbye. Bye guys. Goodbye.